story of a season. He's all by himself, fires into the end zone, caught, touchdown! Here's your host, Truman Chose. You're listening on WRFH 101.7 FM. Hey, so now that we're in week four of the NFL season, we've still got a fairly small sample size. Uh, but hopefully we're starting to separate the wheat from the chaff a little bit. And, and now we have some actual data on our hands uh, instead of just a bunch of guesswork uh, in, in terms of making predictions. Uh, so today I wanted to start uh, by uh, doing one of my favorite pastimes, which is complaining about my team, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, right now they are three and one, three wins and one loss. Uh, many people, power rankings, have them slotted as a top team in the NFL, top five team even. I really have to disagree. I know that there's a lot of parity this year. Uh, there hasn't been a super clear uh, number one team beyond maybe the Eagles or the Bills, so I guess you could make an argument this year. But on Sunday, they barely escaped at home in overtime against a New England Patriots team that was playing their third-string quarterback, Bailey Zappi. Uh, does that sound like a dominant team? Uh, so afterwards, Aaron Rodgers, you know, obviously wins a win. He felt good, but he did admit that the current way that the Packers are playing isn't good long term. So this way of winning, I don't think is sustainable because it's just puts too much pressure on our defense. And and uh, obviously I got to play better and will play better. But the second half is is our kind of football where we're mixing it up, we're throwing the ball outside the numbers. Obviously we ran the ball, controlled the line of scrimmage really well. But we gotta play better in all three phases. This is a game we had to win, for sure. I mean you can't can't be two and two losing to a third string quarterback and uh, and not playing great in all three phases. So we had to have this one. That doesn't take anything away from the joy of winning, but this is the one we had to have. What did you think of the way that came courtesy of the Packers? So the Packers have thus far had one fairly solid win over the Chicago Bears in Week 2. Uh, they won by 17. You know, it looked good. Um, everyone expected the Packers to win, obviously, since Aaron Rodgers does own the Bears. Uh, but against Tampa, yes, they won, but their defense looked uh, their defense looked good, but their offense was unable to get anything going after the first half. They just won 14-12. to 12. Uh, They were also very flat against Minnesota who hasn't seemed overly dominant since then. So that's not to say that the Packers have been a terrible team. Uh, in DVOA, they are currently uh, ninth ranked. But have they really looked like they would be able to keep it close with the Eagles or the Bills or the Chiefs yet? Uh, I do not think so. So this was an extremely lackluster effort from the Packers. And I think that at this point right now, calling them a top-tier team is just looking at them with rose-colored glasses and some wishful thinking and just assuming that everything's going to line up right and the defense will finally come together and Aaron Rodgers will be MVP again and maybe a receiver will work. Uh, I'm sure the Packers will generally be fine and Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the game, but they are absolutely feeling the effects of the Devontae Adams trade. Uh, Even one of the greatest quarterbacks in the world can only do so much without any weapons. Uh, when you have to write a million pieces about the chemistry with the rookie receivers that the quarterback might be building, I do not consider that a sign of a Super Bowl team. 
Uh, this also shows the pros and cons of trying to be more of a running team, uh, which the Packers decided to lean into after the Adams trade. So running sucks up a decent amount of time, and it can be efficient, which is why for a team like the Patriots playing their third-string quarterback, uh, that's why they might want to lean heavily into it. Uh, it limits the number of possessions there are, uh, which means that it will, in all likelihood, keep the score closer because neither team has had a chance to really pull away. But that's also why, if you are a team who's playing with an elite quarterback, uh, I don't think you should have to rely on the run. I think you should try and lean into that instead and try and pull away some more. Uh, if your offense is better than the other teams, you want to maximize the number of possessions so that you can increase your expected lead. So if you have one of the five or so best quarterbacks in the world right now, why should you trade a uh, top three receiver so that you can become more of a running team? Uh, yes, the strategy of the Packers could work. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both very solid running backs, but it does place certain limitations, which are becoming increasingly evident. And personally, this Packers fan has had enough. I want to see some dominant wins if they don't beat the Giants. By a considerable margin next week, uh, I am going to be very put out. Uh, so next, we have the Bills at Ravens. I just had a few comments I wanted to make here. Uh, first, this was a game between two of the top teams in the league, and I think it delivered. Uh, my impression of both of these teams has not really changed or gone down uh, since. So some articles have been written bemoaning the Bills' alleged inability to win close games. Uh, ESPN published one with this title. Quote, winning close games could be Bill's Achilles heel, unquote. Uh, hopefully that can mostly be put to rest now that they won 23-20 against the Ravens, but it should never have had to. Uh, winning or losing a close game is heavily driven by luck and random chance. You can have a single play or a call by a ref that can change the game. Uh, the performance of teams in close games in one season does not have any bearing on their performance in the next season if we look historically. Uh, how you do in close games one year has nothing to do with how well you perform in close games the next year. So sometimes teams just happen to lose a few close games in a row. Uh, the losing streak ESPN was concerned about was a seven-game losing streak dating back to 2020. Assuming a 50% chance of losing each individual game, there'd be about a 0.78% chance of losing all seven if we're just assuming it's exactly a coin flip. Uh, so those aren't great odds, but they're also not astronomical. That's, that means that we'd expect it to happen about 78 times in a 1,000. Uh, so haven't you ever, I don't know, been playing with a friend, a video game, or an arcade game? And you're probably both about evenly matched, but it just seems like you're on a losing streak for a while and you can't seem to win no matter what happens. So that's essentially what happened to the Bills. Uh, there was never some sort of inability on the part of the Bills to win close games. It just didn't happen to break their way in the specific games that they played. Uh, I'm also not down on the Ravens even after their loss. Uh, so since we remember what the end result of something is most vividly, uh, we recall the Ravens blowing their 17-point lead. Uh, but the fact that they had a 17-point lead in the first place over a good team, I think should still count for something when evaluating them for how well we think they'll do in the future. Uh, there's been this meme going around online of how the Ravens have had two losses, and in both of those, they have trailed for 14 seconds combined. Uh, so I think we should take their performance into account holistically, uh, not just looking at what sticks in our minds the most. So yes, they lost, 
I'm considering that. I think that is important. Uh, it, it should demerit them a little bit for blowing such a, such a large lead, but I do want to give them credit for having it in the first place. And then lastly, I uh, don't have that much time, but I did want to uh, let John Harbaugh explain why he went for it on fourth down late in the game instead of going for a field goal. I think he actually did a very good job of explaining his reasoning why, so I'll just present it without further commentary. Well, I, th- I felt like it gave us the best chance to win the game because seven, the worst that happens is if they go down the field and score, and I think we'll get them stopped, but if they go down the field and score a touchdown, the worst thing that happen is that you're in overtime. But you kick a field goal there, now it's not a three-down game anymore. It's a four-down game. And you're, you're putting them out there. You're putting your defense at a disadvantage because they've got four downs to convert all the way down the field and a chance to, again, score seven, and then you, you lose the game on a touchdown. So then the worst thing, the other thing, you think you're going to get the ball at the two-yard line. So I'm very confident in our defense. Defense's ability to stop them down there with the ball on the two-yard line. So we got them backed up. If we don't get it, it didn't turn out that way, unfortunately, and we lost the game. So hindsight, you could take the points. But if you look at it analytically, I understand why we did it. Uh, that came courtesy of John Harbaugh and the Ravens. So then finally, I wanted to talk a little bit about the playoff picture. Um, it is fairly close right now. Uh, only one team is without a win, which the Texans, who have tied. Uh, so I just wanted to rank the chances of each team that's currently sitting below 500. Uh, so for the worst chance of making the playoffs, I'm going to put the Houston Texans. Uh, first of all, any team that's playing in the AFC, I think, has a bit of an uphill climb to make it. Uh, so they don't have that going for them. Um, additionally, as I, as I mentioned, they're the only team without a win right now. They haven't looked terrible in any of their games, but I do think that they are essentially a composite of mediocre players and coaches. I don't think they are an abjectly terrible team, but I don't think that they're going to be making a surprise playoff run anytime soon, especially now that the Jaguars look like a legitimate a legitimate team in their division. Uh, then we got the Commanders, who are 1-3. Um, I could make an argument for them being the worst team in the league, potentially. They have looked absolutely flat in all of their last three games. They did beat the Jaguars, but that was a Week 1 game. Since then, they uh, trailed the Lions by a bunch before technically making it close in Week 2. Uh, was never close against the Eagles and sort of kept it close against the Cowboys, but then they, they let that one, that one get away from them. Uh, I just don't see what they do well. I think that the Ron Rivera experiment is failing. So Commanders, I think, have the eighth best chance of making the playoffs out of those teams. Then I'll put the Panthers. Uh, Baker Mayfield has not been performing well. He has also not been performing well against defenses that are already not very good. So I don't love the Panthers' uh, chances there. At number six, I'll put the Patriots. They're, they are sans Mac Jones, likely, for the time being. Uh, they play in the AFC. Uh, Bills and Dolphins are both very tough teams. So I think they are going to have their work cut out for them if they want to make it back to the playoffs. Then I'll put the Steelers, just because they have, I think they're very similar teams. The Patriots did beat the Steelers, but going forward, I think the Steelers have a little bit more stability in terms of quarterback and what they're going for. Uh, their schedule is kind of brutal, but... Uh, 
if I had to choose between the Patriots and Steelers, given that Mike Tomlin has never had a season below 500, I would pick the Steelers to make it. Then I'll throw the Colts, which is mostly just me um, kind of still relying on their preseason projections and hoping that something will come out right there. Uh, where I predicted them to win the division and be one of the best teams in the league. They have looked like one of the worst, potentially. They are 1-2-1. and one. Looked absolutely terrible against the Jaguars. Uh, tied the Texans. Not a good sign. Technically beat the Chiefs. And then last week, uh, didn't look great against the Titans. But I think they have enough pieces on their roster that if they can put it together, uh, I, I can see a path more easily for them than I can for the Patriots or the Steelers. Then uh, Saints, who are currently 1-3, uh, not playing in the toughest division. Um, and so I think that if Jameis, uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara come back, then maybe they'll have a chance, but I also don't love the chances of all three of them coming back at the same time. Uh, number two, I'll put the Raiders uh, now that they've won a game, I think they're starting to lean into what they are. They are very good at throwing the ball. They look pretty good against the Broncos. Uh, the Chiefs game coming up should not be easy for them. But I think that if they put it all together, this could be a very feisty playoff team. And finally, I will say that the Lions have the best shot of any of these below 500 teams of making it. Um a little bit of an asterisk. Yes, the, the, currently they have the best scoring offense in the league, but they also have the worst scoring defense. So they are very good at getting touchdowns, getting field goals, but they are also uh, very bad at allowing the other team to also make touchdowns and field goals. So I at least know that they are very good at something, unlike all the rest of these teams. It's just that I also know that they are very bad at something. So I do lack a little bit of confidence in them there. Moving on then to power rankings. Uh, number one, I will put the Eagles. Uh, not much has changed from last week. They did have a bit of a scare against the Jaguars, but I think the Jaguars are a really solid team. Again, Jalen Hurts is having an MVP caliber season. Uh, their running game is still excellent. They managed to gash the Jaguars' running defense, who previously had not allowed too much. Their defensive line is excellent. Only unbeaten team. I think the Eagles are uh, the best team league right now, but... Uh, I will put the Bills at number two. Um, if I were forced to pick between the Eagles and Bills in a game, I might choose the Bills to win that, uh, but they do still have their injuries to their secondary, which I don't love. Um, they looked good against the Ravens, won a close game, which, again, should not have been an issue at all. That was just made up by the media. Uh, so Bills, I think, are still the team to beat in the AFC. Number three, I will throw the Chiefs. They had that weird game against the Colts last week, but I think that was just fluky, and they were in a bad spot against a team that desperately needed a win. Uh, they still have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. I almost said Tyreek Hill, but that is, of course, no longer the case, as he's with the Dolphins, who I am leaving out of my top eight, mostly just because of the injury to Tua. So Chiefs still have one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Put them at number three. Then I'll put the Ravens, who are 2-2. Two and two. But again, those losses came against the Dolphins and Bills, both very, very good teams, very close. They led for most of those. Uh, they looked very good against the Patriots and the Jets. So I think the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens are right now the clear top three teams in the AFC. 
Uh, then after that, I think there is a bit of a gap, but I will put the 49ers as the second best team in the NFC uh, and fifth best overall. Uh, I don't, I do have questions about their offensive capabilities, uh, but I trust Jimmy Garoppolo more than most people. He has statistically been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league in the past couple of years. Uh, their defense looks excellent. Um, now that Jimmy G is back and it's been a couple of weeks, it looks like they're starting to get their offensive groove back together a little bit. And this is one of the best rosters overall in the league. And otherwise in the NFC, I just have not seen another team that's really wowed me. So given that I think the 49ers are good at, at at least something, I will slot them at fifth. Uh, then number six, I'll throw the Jaguars just because I do think that they have performed like one of the 10 best teams in the league. You can make an argument that some other teams I have ranked below them could be better. And the Jaguars uh, have just been a fluky start, uh, but they did keep it close against the Eagles who I have at number one. They've, been in every single one of their games. Um, I should note that last week I mentioned they happen to have a good turnover uh, differential this year. That isn't the case after this game, so just another fluky thing. Uh, but yeah, I think the Jaguars have been performing like one of the top teams in the league, despite how bad they were last year, so I'll put them at six. Uh, seven, I'm going to throw the Bengals. Uh, they've looked better in their last two games. I know it was just against the Jets and the mostly two-a-list Dolphins. Uh, so not the hardest competition in the world, but their two losses before were only by three points each. So I think they're starting to get into their groove now that they've had some time to get the offensive line together and for Joe Burrow to develop some chemistry with the offense after being away with appendicitis. Uh, and given that they just appeared in the Super Bowl last year, I think that uh, this is still a very solid team. Uh, then I'll throw the Cowboys at number eight, who I know that, yes, they're starting to Cooper Rush instead of Dak Prescott, but Cooper Rush is currently undefeated and has been performing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so I don't think they're missing Dak that, mu that much. It will be good when he comes back. Uh, but otherwise, they've been very solid on defense and have not made mistakes on offense. So Cowboys, I think, have been looking very solid. All right, so then moving on to game picks. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, I'm going to pick them to keep it close against the Rams and maybe win outright. Uh, they are playing in Los Angeles, but right now the Rams have not looked like a great team. Yes, part of that is because of their blowout loss to the Bills week one of the season, but uh, they looked flat against the 49ers. They uh, looked so-so in their other two games. I'm not a huge fan of the Rams this year. The Cowboys... Uh, just based on the games on the field that have been played, have played like a better team. I don't love the idea of betting on Cooper Rush against Matthew Stafford, but I think the Rams' O-line has been fairly weak, not giving Stafford enough time. Cowboys' defense has been looking very solid, so I'm going to pick the Rams to win, but the Cowboys to keep it close, 23-21. to 21. Uh, Then we've got the Browns, uh, who are going to be playing the Chargers at home. Um, the Chargers are favored, but I think that the Browns are going to win this one outright. The Chargers are favored, but I think that the Browns are going to win this one outright. Cleveland has been playing like a very, very solid team. Uh, all, of the, all of their games have been close. They beat the Panthers. Uh, yes, they did lose to the Falcons and the Jets. The Jets win uh, game was very fluky. The Falcons won was a very close game. Uh, the Chargers 
uh, have had some very bad games, and they are currently still very banged up. Uh, offensive line looking kind of weak. Uh, Joey Bosa's out. Keenan Allen, I think, still probably out. Herbert's probably still banged up. So I think that the Browns have been playing better, and uh, given that the Chargers still are not totally healthy, I'm going to pick the Browns to win uh, 26-21. Uh, so then we've got the Colts at the Broncos on Thursday night. Uh, I kind of peeling back on the Broncos a little bit. I'm not a super big fan of what they're doing. I don't think the Colts or the Broncos have looked very good at all this year thus far. I think this is a game between two demoralized teams. So just because I trust Frank Reich a little bit more, uh, a lot of it more, I should say, than Nathaniel Hackett, I think this is when the Colts start to kind of put some of the pieces together, get their game back together. And I will uh, still pick the Broncos to win uh, 20 to 19, but I think the Colts will keep it a very close de- uh, defensive game. Then we got the Vikings, uh, who are playing the Bears. I'm going to take the Vikings to win by quite a bit, quite a large margin. Uh, the Bears have barely been throwing with Justin Fields and have essentially lucked into two wins against uh, some teams that were not performing that well. Uh, 49ers happen to be starting Trey Lance in some very rainy weather, for instance. So I do not think the Bears are a good team whatsoever. The Vikings, since their game against the Packers, I wish I had to think about, but since that game, they have not looked that great. And similar to the Colts, I think this is when they start to put it together and realize what they're about. There are so many pieces on this team that can work. So I I am going to bet on the Vikings to uh, beat the Bears handily. Uh, 28 to 13. All right, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Story of a Season with Truman Chose on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. (laughs) 